0: hey everyone in this ab talks with Muhammad hadid we get to know Muhammad from very different aspects uh, the man has been through so much such an interesting mix of experiences and stories that he will be sharing on this episode that i'm pretty sure you all will find very interesting and you'll definitely want more hi mohammed how are you You quickly asked me. The thing is, I usually start by saying to every guest, how are you really doing?
1: I I normally do the opposite. I want to make sure you are in good shape and you're having a good day so I can have a good day with you.
0: I'm very happy that we're sitting in front of each other. Yes. Um, I've been working on this. You've been recommended for the show for at least two years. So now I ask you. So I'm, I've been running around, it's been hectic, but I'm happy. Yeah, good. And you? I'm, I am uh, I'm blessed to be here,
1: really. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Because one, one thing about uh, being in Jeddah is close to Mecca. And it's, uh, I feel like somehow my roots, my uh, family roots, come all the way to Mecca. Because my uh, great grandfather, Tahir da- al Zaidani, apparently, I have the family tree. And it goes down as deep from, uh, from Bilad sham or the uh, land of Galilee all the way to Mecca. So it's, uh, I feel like uh, I am like on, on some kind of uh, a trip to follow my roots. Hmm. So I'm here.
0: And you're doing well here and here?
1: All mentally well, physically amazing. Alhamdulillah. And the family is great. So my legacy is, it's safe, and I'm just I can just hang out.
0: Hmm. Um, I have a creative question, and you're a creative man. If we have a white canvas, empty, and uh, I ask Muhammad to paint, how hmm. his mental state is at the moment? What would you paint?
1: Uh, I'll I'll paint a uh, flying uh, uh, dove.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm very free. I feel free uh, uh, to do as I want, uh, create what I want now. That my uh, my family life and my professional life is pretty much has is taken its course. And uh, if I leave tomorrow, I feel i I have been freed by living great. Uh, legacy behind me. And uh, I don't need anything anymore. My kids don't need me, except they will probably cry if I leave now. (laughs) But that's pretty much it. So I feel free that uh, I can pretty much uh, do as I I please without having to worry about uh, taking care of others, except for one thing that I would like to Add to that is that uh, I feel like uh, I would like to see in my lifetime a, a freedom and uh, more compassion toward my people in Palestine hmm. and that 's uh, probably the only uh, the only thing it that, that kind of uh, sticks to me that I wish I wish I can I can somehow manage to fix that and i don 't know if it could be fixed in my lifetime we don't want to fight we just want to make sure that you know um, i'm not into destroying other people or i just want to make sure that we'll be able to live in peace so that's something i feel like i, I don't have a grasp of i don't know how to do with it or how how can i do it in my lifetime hmm. so that's kind of like the only thing that really bothers me
0: Muhammad, you live very far from this region, but your heart seems so connected to your roots of Palestine and the Arab world. And some people might not understand, say, "Muhammad is too far. How does he feel us?" But it seems, it's a recurring key message for you. You're, it's so you're so connected to it. How come?
1: I think it's. I believe, I believe personally that uh, my connection to my roots are a is are the strength of uh, what make me different than others. And being different than others is a is a plus rather than. I take it as a uh, it's a gift from God that I got something others don't have. When you, when you say you are from Palestine, they look at you as where's Palestine? And I say, it's somewhere. Where it's better than heaven. It's a. It's a piece of. Uh, uh, somebody can belong to and be proud of. It's uh, somewhere. It's a. It's a like I. I tell my kids without trying to push it into them that uh, we are. Uh, we are a gift to God. We're a gift. We are gifted to be Palestinians, and to be Palestinians is a. A. a, a it's a blooming flower. It's a it's a, uh, a rare flower, that but it keeps on popping up. It will continue until it flourishes again. So I always think of it as something very, very, very special to be one. My kids say, we are Palestinians. To me, I don't teach them to say that. They realize that it's, it's important, and it's, it gives them an edge in society that they are something different you know it's like somebody goes on tv and say where are you from I say well i'm half dutch and half from the moon and uh, and that's kind of the the effect that it have <laughs> What's this? Where's this west Palestine comes from why why you keep on saying i'm palestinian because you are palestinian and that means they take they take note of that that you are you have something special you are Dying to bring out constantly why? because even though it might hurt them financially or and it hasn't really because they they are strong enough to handle the uh, uh, handle the side effects but you know the uh, I always say that being Palestinian or being whoever you want to come from if you are coming from Iraq or you know, it says it's something so special that you should say that you are that's that's special.
0: Hmm.
1: And I feel I feel we are a rare species that we don't want it to die.
0: And your. Happiest childhood memory. You
1: know, I, I don't. You know, this is the funniest thing is I know if we've gone through some hardship when at the beginning of time when we were. Refugees, but I I never felt it because I was I was a I was a child and 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 the strangest thing is that as memories start to ask when I when I was able to ask questions about it, it was already kind of like uh, you can take it and process it. So therefore, they have already put me in a peaceful place where I can think about what happened when. Uh, my father, my mother, and a few families around uh, Safad, which is uh, the city that my father uh, lived there for hundreds of years with his uh, father and the grandfather and great grandfather and so on, uh, went down to uh, when uh, a ship came from Poland with the refugees from. Uh, Jewish refugees from Poland and Germany, yeah. whatever. And they went to several, several countries first, went to America, and then went to Cuba, and they won't let them in, off. So they came to Haifa. And funny enough, Haifa is a, is a port that my great-grandfather built, you know, rebuilt. It was built before, and it was built during the Ottoman Empire. So he was actually the governor after, and he took over became the, uh, the ruler of, uh, of the land of Galilee and the Prince of Nazareth. So they came to, to something that my great-grandfather built or rebuilt, and we went, my, my parents and some families went down to Safad and they picked up some Jewish families from, you know, to them they were refugees and, and they had a banner on the side of their boat saying, uh, we lost our homes in Germany and our hope. Can you, don't let us, our hope in, uh, here in, in your country. So, and they took them, they took two families, each took two families, and others did, and they brought them to our house, to my father's house. Uh, and they lived with us for two and a half years, and uh, when I was, my mother was pregnant with me. I was, uh, actually, I was conceived, and i was uh, uh i was born in nazareth I conceived uh i was conceived like seventeen feet from where jesus was was uh, was conceived uh, literally cross uh, across the street seventeen feet away so uh, so that that I have con- i have a strong connection to that that miracle that happened if it's a miracle or it's a uh, whatever it is a story but it's a myth it's a beautiful story That Jesus was conceived in a place where, you know, I was his neighbor. Hmm. So, and I was so because usually a wife goes to her parents' house to have a child. So I went. My mother went to Nazareth to her parents' house or grandfather's house, wherever they're called their home. Uh, It's a uh, she had me. And I was nine days old when she came back to Safed to take me inside our home, mm-hmm. and we were locked out. And uh, my father was awful, came two days before. He was a professor at the college, Haifa College, and uh, he was he was put on on a truck with his mother and two, my two sisters and his sister, who was actually. At a, a, a university in New York, and he, my, my father, studied uh, at Oxford by by mail. By uh, he went to he went to university in Oxford, but then he had to stay with his mother, so he did. He finished his university university PhD by 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 correspondence, which is mm. at that time, you know, you you study under uh, the lamp, the lights of uh, of the street, wherever you know, because. Not everybody had electricity in the home. So, the, uh, the fact I came back home and they won't even let us in, into our home, when my mother begged them to, to get a shershaf or a, something to put around me, they won't let her. So, she moved on down to the refugee camp in Syria somewhere. But you know, none of these memories I had. I was nine days old. My sisters were very young. And, You know, maybe they thought they were going camping or something, I'm not sure. But you know, we never really talked about this that much. And my father kept that away from me, and I felt I should have learned more about it. Mm -hmm. But then I realized how unselfish he is, that he kept that all inside of him to protect us from being angry or being, or going backwards instead of, hey, we're... We're out here. Let's do the best out of it. He became uh, head of the Voice of America, so he worked uh, in Damascus and then to Beirut and to Tunisia, and uh, you know, we were blessed, and we got our. uh, We had a a uh, you know refugee card from Syria, the refugee camp from. from Syria that we can go around the Arab world with or something, I'm not sure exactly how we got places. Uh, And uh, we got a a job—actually, I was was, uh, funny enough that uh, I was at uh, Harvard University giving a quote, uh, giving a uh, uh, speaking role, and uh, keynote speaker, I was a keynote speaker. And they were asking me that, uh, you know, you. Uh, they had some questions. One of them was, uh, I, I skied for the Olympics in 1992 oh, wow. Uh, under Jordanian passport, uh, under Jordanian. I said, but have you been to Jordan? I said, no, I've never been to Jordan. I just got a, a passport and the only thing, and I remember this memory since I was seven years old that my father was playing backgammon with the ambassador of Jordan, his name is and i mentioned his name just like that as if i and this is like you know 60 years later or something or 65 years ago i don't want to mention my age right now <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and i said a gentleman named farhan Shubaylat, ambassador it's a very hard name to remember mm-hmm. and when you're 7 years old this this name is not uh you know catchy muhammad it's not catchy it's very very a very unusual name. And I even remember the names of their kids, Laith and Ghaith. You know, it's like it's, they all came to me that moment. And this is, you know, 50 something, 60 years later, 70 years earlier. So I, he, he was telling him, I'm playing backgammon with you. Uh, what, do you what what are we going to play? What's the wager? He said, Well, if you win, uh, Your Excellency, uh, my M. Uh, uh, Muhammad my mother, will cook us a Palestinian dish. Mm. He says, so, so what if you, if you win? He said, what, uh, how about you come to the, the embassy tomorrow morning and bring all the children that she had ate and your mother and, and your sister and everybody else will give you all passports there. But, but I have to get a permission from the, uh, from the palace. I remember this so clearly, the conversation. And how we got—I don't remember how we went down to the to the embassy, how we got our passports. But I remember that conversation, and that's how we got our passports. And I've never been to Jordan. So two days after, I get a DM on Instagram from uh, somebody named Shubaylat, last name Shubaylat. He said, "I I heard your." podcast in Jordan and or whatever it is uh, wasn't a podcast, but there was a, you know the, the uh, interview and I uh, he said that's my grandfather hmm. and uh, yeah I believe he did it because I said I don't think he got because I said that time I don't think he, I don't think he really got a a, a permission from the uh, palace from the palace and he said yeah, that would, that would be my grandfather. You know, it was such a, uh, a, a, a conversation that went all the way from from Boston to Jordan and back to me. That probably we, he never got that, and he, that's his grandfather. He's that kind of guy? Mm. So, uh, so our life has changed since we got also the the uh, Jordanian passport. And my dad at the time was a, considered a, a talent for the for the U.S. because he spoke. Several languages. He was a, a great broadcaster, a translator, a, uh, a man of letters. So they want to bring, They they gave us uh, all citizenships before we arrived to Washington D.C. So That's,
0: the hap- so the happiest moment is what?
1: There's no happy moment. Just this is. I felt this is how everybody. You know the funny thing is. I always thought this is how people lived. Yeah. You know, it's get up and go. You know, like okay back up we're gonna move and we moved and i thought everybody did it you know like you don't think that you are anything special or you're doing something special Hmm. i thought this is how life is interesting until you get to a point where you say you know this is what people didn't do that they went to school they went to another school they went to college and they're probably all in the same area probably the same state and all that stuff so so my life has like just one Part of it is a, is a chapter, and then the next chapter is even a bigger chapter than you know seems I feel like my life is chapters hmm. rather than a book you can 't really write my life because it's uh, kind of it was i 'm always thinking that like, how can I write something about me and i can 't because it 's just so complicated every time I get to a point, I say, wait a minute i 'm missing that i 'm missing that so you know, I felt I, felt I was blessed uh, to have all these experiences without thinking that there's something is wrong, hmm. but actually it was all right.
0: And that goes, a lot of the credit goes, Muhammad, to your parents, Yeah, how they created yeah. an environment that you guys didn't feel that you're different or something is off that safe zone.
1: Yeah, but you know something also you can, you see that education, that's my father, if my father was not educated himself and he thought through process, you know, and my father, if you look at him, he's a very simple, it looks like a simple man, just a a, a very modern, you know, modern man, modern wedding dresses uh, with his wife. And, and he was he was married 1942 and uh, you know, he has small glasses. Looks like a, a, a British professor. And my mother is, uh, you know, no hijab, no nothing. It was just uh, very free, and she comes from a very open-minded family. Even though uh, some of her sisters uh, had hijab, some had a, you know, but but the family itself were all kind of very open-minded and very modern. Uh, and that 's what i also i think my my parents gave us is that we can live in a modern society and yet you have you have a a uh, uh, different heart different way of looking at things. Hmm. We are very much arabs palestinians uh, we have our own you know probably some Private things, but we, we, we they don't de- they never uh, put us in a box and say that's how you need to be. just do whatever you want to do as long as you're safe hmm. and uh, we moved on our lives and he put us he was able to get my sisters in college and I myself uh, I had to put myself through college and again that's another another you know Another game that I played because i was i didn't have, can't afford these colleges, so mm-hmm. I, but I always thought this is how people did everything. you know I mean I never really and I, when I was in uh, at harvard i was I was giving that speech i said this is, I think this is the first time i've ever 've ever come through a university from the front door. It always came from the back door like when I wanted to go to school, I was playing soccer in high school <laughs> and uh, uh, the soccer, the uh, football player, football team, which I never know what a football is, uh, they lost their uh, kicker. Mm. They said, let's bring somebody from the soccer team to kick for us while this guy injured. So I came and kicked for them uh, football soccer style, which is a little better because it, you come from the side instead of you come forward. Mm. So you're... You're off size. Uh, I didn't even know that. I just I just learned at that time why they wanted the soccer player to kick football. And I I assume I got you know I got a winning game, couple of games, and I got drafted to come to Duke University. For uh, uh, and my grades were terrible. I mean, my English is bad. Uh, You know, anything to do with. uh, Writing or reading English, I I pretty much failed, but I was great in science and you know I had A in science, A in uh, in uh, physics, uh, uh, great in uh, you know math and design and art, whatever it is that did not need writing or reading. Mm-hmm. So um, so as you, I never mastered these languages, you know, and this, that language british i mean british english was not my you know my uh my main you know i did not want to read hmm. so that's a uh, and i i had i spoke at one time four languages and but uh, i mastered none so until today you know still i you know i can speak them all but i can speak the way i'm speaking to you in english now you know, it is just strange I was never able to uh, master a language. And I didn't really care.
0: So you have an interesting story, Muhammad. I'm thinking (laughs) from a refugee to where you are today. And you mentioned its chapters. And they're interesting, different chapters. And you yourself can put them together. Like, what had to happen to make you?
1: Yeah. yeah that you know that's exactly why I can never write anything about it because it's uh it's, it's so many so many uh twists mm-hmm. and uh every time i I think that I am ready to do something i feel wait a minute no there's something else what what made me get to the next point or mm-hmm. the next point it's not the education and or the uh or uh, my love for architecture, or my love for building, or my love for art. I'm an artist, really. I mean, that's my passion from day one. Was artist. My father said, "You, you know, <clears throat> only time he's ever said something. I said I want to be an artist. He said, artists, you can. I love people. I love people in the arts. I just love the the artists. I would like to talk to them. I like to hang out with them. I like to.'" I like their uh, you know, energy. I like to, you know, I'm, a, I'm more like of a, 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 I have that philosophy. So uh, he said, but maybe you can add something to it. I said, what? He said, well, maybe an architect or a, a engineer or something. I said, engineer, maybe architect. I, you know, maybe i do an architectural design. So I kind of mixed it together. Mm. But to do that, you have to go through other processes and then i uh my father moved to Greece. I'm just uh, trying to figure out how my financial uh you know accomplishment came before I used to paint, paint little paintings and I would sell them to my mother's uh, friends and I went and bought a beautiful car and so on. You know like it always I had a scheme it's a scheme i like i I, I feel like i uh, I was scheming, you know like. My mother's friends, and they say, Oh, this little, look, look isn't he, isn't he a great artist? They say, Oh, I want to buy that piece. Okay, you know, okay, take it. And they will give me money for my pieces of art. I want to buy them back now. And I think they're great. But <laughs> so uh, so I was always somehow trying to figure out how uh, to create a fun life for myself. Mm. But, uh, and. I went to Greece one time and I met two guys on the plane, and that's after I finished college. Of course, college is another story that uh, I can't even tell you now because another chapter. Mm-hmm. Eventually I went to uh, a black school, and the black school gave me a scholarship because I went to a black school because I was the only white person. So they get funding. I didn't realize any of this stuff, mm-hmm. except when I lost my scholarship at Duke University Because, uh, not because I wasn't good enough. I didn't. I was very, very skinny. Uh, I was like 125 pounds, and the guy, after I kicked the football, he said uh, I came back and sat down on the bench, and he said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I said I'm done." He told me to go kick it. I kicked it. I think I did well. It went 45 feet, whatever, whatever you wanted. And he said, "You no, no. You need to stay there and uh, defend." I said, "Defend? These guys are like six, seven hundred pounds from Salem, North Carolina. I just saw, I just saw them eat ten hamburgers each, and I'm like, I can barely eat half a hamburger." I said, "I'm sorry, this is like suicidal." I said, "I don't want to." He said, "Well, then in that case, you're out. Your scholarship is out." So I started looking for another school. gig. Hmm. So I found this school which is, was a it says uh, it's a Raleigh dorham Air uh, Raleigh uh, newspaper. It says white player needed. So white. I said, I'm white. You know, players. I don't know what they want. Players for what? Uh, so I went and I called this number as a gentleman named uh, Chester Everett, and uh, he said, "This is Shaw University." Uh, we need uh, white players i said what, what kind of white bread players he said oh I have, we have a, uh, a theatrical uh, theatrical uh, company here in show University that we go sometime we go on, uh, off Broadway and we if they are uh, if they're good, so we' like we are we need a white person he said what 's your name and hey, what 's your name boy?" I said my name is uh, English, he said it in English, I mean, really, hello sir, so what's your name? I said, Mohammed Hadid, said, you're not white? I said, sir, I'm white, I'm black, white, uh, blue eyes, blonde hair at the time. You know, I said, what do you want? He said, it doesn't sound right, You're Mohammed Hadid, you have blue eyes. And I said, well, can I come and visit you? He said, yes. So he gave me, uh, I didn't even know where it was, Sherwin University in Raleigh. So I drove to Raleigh, North Carolina. I started driving around the neighborhood, and I couldn't find this place, Shaw University. I, I saw like a jail or something, you know, and I, saw, I kept on going around, circled around this uh, barbed-wired—that's in 1967, you know—and I found a uh, fire department, and I said, uh, do you know what Shaw University is? He said, you're looking at it. I said, where? It's he right here. I was looking at, the, at this hole, oh, I thought—I thought it was a jail. So anyway, I don't care. I drove in and I went to knock on the door. He said, "This is Justin Everett," and changed his name, his, uh, his voice again, from uh, all you know, British to uh, you know a guy from uh, Alabama or something. He said, "I said uh, we're doing a uh, uh, we're doing a a, a, a play, uh, Rainbow in the Sun. We want mm-hmm. you to be the." Uh, the uh the salesman and i said okay i'll be the salesman can i see the draft he said don't worry i'll, I'll you you'll do it you get it because i think they're trying to find it this is just for they need to have a white person to get funding to the school and by that by when i got that they allowed me to go to any school i want as long as i take two classes in that school hmm. i can go to any school i want under their uh, uh, sponsorship. So I went to NC State, North Carolina State University. I got my degree there, and then I went to MIT, and all from the back door, as I was said earlier. I never went through a process where I had to uh, come in, pay your money, do this, do that, or uh, you know, show us your show us your grades. My grades were terrible. The only thing I had was I good grades, and you know, uh, in what I knew best. That was it. So, uh, so n- never had a, 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 it was not traditional way of living. But again, I thought this is how people did it. And then uh, I took a trip to, to Greece to visit my father because they moved him to, to, uh, to Rhodes, on hmm. of Rhodes. So there was two people sitting next to me, one on the right, one on the left. So I said to one of the guy on the left, his name is Michael Dix. he said, I said, what do you do, Michael? He said, oh, I, I, uh, I restore cars in St. Albans, England. This is 1971. And I asked the other guy, what do you do? He said, I'm a gigolo. And I didn't get what a gigolo means, because I, the word did not come in front of me before. I was, I'm not saying I was innocent, I just never, this gigolo word didn't pop up anywhere. So I said, okay. So I said, where are you guys going? He said, oh, I'm going to one. I said, I'm going to Athens. I said, I'm going, to, I'm going to Rhodes. I said, would you take me with you? Because I don't know anybody in Rhodes, uh, except my father and my mother is, are, are there. So we went to Rhodes, and they uh, uh, said, let's go to a club. I said, okay. club." What do you do?" So we go to Mandraki Harbor first, we have tea or coffee or Uzo, or whatever it is they drink. And then we go to the club and wait, there's a long line, so it's like—so I went there, there was a line about three miles long. And I'm looking at these two guys, and I said, do you see what I see? They said, no, see people waiting in line, smoking, I said, I see something, I said, "It's a this is a gold mine. Look at all these people waiting to get into this little club. Let's open up a club tomorrow. Hmm. I said I have thirteen thousand dollars. I just got a job at, uh, in uh, that I did for uh, a uh, gentleman in in uh, Florida, and I bought myself a little house. And I did. Uh, I bought my mother a fur coat and whatever it was. I wanted to do too. And then I went on a strip. And uh, I said, I have 13,000. How much do you have? So 4,000. I said to the, to the Gigolo, uh, uh, How much do you have? He said, I don't know. I'll let you know tomorrow morning. <laughs> I still didn't understand what, what it means. So now, 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 I, now I got it a couple of years later. <laughs> so, but it became the, uh, so we opened up a club actually. Wow. It became the largest club in Southern Europe. With a you know eighteen hundred I mean, that 's another story how I got that club uh, so it's a my life has you know so each each one of them added to my uh, how I lived my life and uh, I made something out of it uh, you know mm-hmm. instead of uh, I made a lot of money at that time and and I want and bought a piece of land and in, uh, in Washington, D.C., and I built. So from there to everything that happened, you yeah. know, like it just started to, uh, I cultivated it into, a, into where, uh, you know, I became. And then the market went up and down. I went with it and we keep on going.
0: So, Muhammad, at, <laughs> at that age, how, how old were you when you started that club? Twenty-one. It's interesting how your mind worked when you saw that line. You're like supply and demand. Yeah. We need another one. Yeah. And so we could say everything started from that nightclub, all the way to that using that money and then investing, investing and doing all of this. Yeah. How interesting.
1: I mean, so it's just a. Yeah. I mean, before that, it was my art that so. made me buy a car, and I was, uh, you know, and then then my, uh, you know, everything was like a. It wasn't, you know, American families. They have a plan, Mm. and they put plan in place for their kids. They say, "Okay, we're going to put fifty thousand dollars, and it will eventually, when they become eighteen years old, they have money for school." We didn't have that. My father wasn't, couldn't afford this for four kids that have to go to school at the Mm. same time. Yes. Uh, so it was, it was up to me how I can continue hmm. without uh, having all this security that most Americans have done. You know, which it's it's a normal thing for them. It was normal. It was not a normal thing for me. Hmm. And my first job was a, as a busboy. Uh, the ambassador's son, we let, uh were driving by Holiday Inn. When we first arrived, the second day I arrived to to uh, the U.S. I want, I said, I want a job, I want to get a job. So they dropped me off there, and I said, oh, no. I said, what kind of job do you have for me? And barely spoke English. No, I think I didn't speak English at all. Uh, and he said, busboy. So they put us. ambassador's son and I both wanted to work because we wanted to have that American dream. Mm. So that's how we started there too. You know, it was a. It's kind of like the, uh, it was a never-ending story. Hmm. You know, like everything was never planned. It was always something that just came up and we just took advantage of it, I guess.
0: How interesting. You've had an interesting life. Um, if I switch, do you believe in love at first sight? No. Why?
1: Uh, because uh, love at first sight is a, uh, I think, it's, a, it's a, a, in my opinion, it's a myth. You know, it's just, uh, it's, you have to get to know people to mm-hmm. be able, a person, to love them that much. And mm-hmm. I think you can be infatuated with someone at, at first sight. But to love them at first sight, I think it takes, it's a, it's a time you need to to know more about them hmm. you know you can love somebody's face or their eyes or their hair or their posture or whatever or it uh, or their sexuality or any of that stuff but you don't know all of it
0: hmm.
1: and until that time until you know someone then you can actually fall in love with them and be able to live with them the rest of your life or part of your life because people's lives change, so. passion change, and when passion is over, uh, sometimes it's uh, the end of the relationship. Because once the passion is gone, I believe that uh, you know it, it becomes a little bit more difficult.
0: Mm. The, the best, because con- I've asked this question a lot, it's always interesting to talk about love, because you never find a definite answer. And the one that I came to I like is that I'm, I'm with you that that's attraction and infatuation rather than love. Yeah. And the best definition, but I'll ask also of yours, was that love is based on respect, trust. Absolutely. And that takes time. You can't see somebody in a supermarket and say, by the way, I trust you and I love you. Yeah. You, don't, you can't. No. You need time. Yeah. And I add to that chemistry. And I think chemistry falls in so many things. It could be hobbies. Yeah. It could be sense of humor. Yeah. Could be absolutely sense of humor is a is a big thing.
1: I mean, like I uh, my, I was married twice in my life, and both, both uh, both times we're still best friends. Nice. So it never was never uh, there was never a hate or dislike. Hmm. It's just kind of like a, uh, we kind of moved away, but I made sure that what I promise I've done, which is take care. I'm gonna take care of. Take care of your rest of your life, mm. so that I did you know so whatever you promise them, you have to keep the keep it up so it's not a uh, uh, both could be you know you can't just talk about a person as a man it has to be both of them are comfortable enough to know that once that passion or the uh, something changed mm. you can move on without having to have Big fight, or you know, I never fought with my exes. Uh, I never, uh, I still respect them. They love me still, I think. I'll call them tomorrow if I don't have that question. <laughs> but you know, they're, you know, it's a, uh, it's a struggle because a lot of people live together,
0: mm.
1: you know, for the kids. Uh, I don't know if it's fair really for the kids or like for that. you i don't because, like that either you know a lot of people just sit there they don't hold hands they don't you know they don't uh, they not to each other huh? just because they say oh we can't leave each other because the kids And i think maybe that's a uh, that's a that's a blessing you know sometimes people can handle it i can't or hmm. some other people can or cannot and i don't uh, i think as long as you uh, protect the children, protect, tell the truth about what's your intention by leaving or taking care of them hmm. or doing something right, doing the right thing. And I think that's, uh, in my opinion, say, uh, uh, it's love and love, love and respect.
0: I'm more on your side. I think people, if they're not happy, it's bad to stay in that relationship because you're giving a wrong benchmark and a role model for your kids. If you don't hug and touch and comp- are compassionate in front of an, a child's eyes, they're probably going to grow up and have a very dry relationship. Yeah, absolutely. But if they say a loving parents that are, you know he puts his arm around his mother, and they laugh, that's such a beautiful example to set for your kids.
1: And that's the time when they are, you know, at certain age too. Correct. So that as they learn that they learn from them uh, uh, you know i i always i always try to i i i don't really give lectures to my kids so i don't i don't sit down and, and say how can you how you should live your life mm. so uh, i let them live their life and uh, create their own i give them uh, i teach them to be uh more of a you know be Don't depend on others, Hmm. not even me. Go out and make life for yourself as if I don't exist, and you're not looking for a man to take care of you. Hmm. And I think that kind of I see in my kids. They're all self-made on their own without my help in any way or fashion, not financially, the only thing that I help them is I am there to love them, and if they need any advice, they can call me nice. but uh, dip, uh, be your own person and they uh they are all five of them are you know as I said earlier i if i if I pass away tomorrow I know i left uh, I left them in good hands with them own their own hands
0: That's lovely Do you like being a father yeah. Are you I'm a good much. father?
1: I'm a great father.
0: Nice. If um, if what what lesson do you think every child should learn if you could choose one lesson?
1: Uh, I think, uh, uh, in my opinion, the uh, lesson the, the the lesson they should you you learn from your parents most mm. of most of the things. Uh, is uh, to, uh, to be careful uh, of your movement. Uh, my, as I had four daughters and one boy, hmm. so I kind of concentrated on the girls first because the boy came later on. And I told them not to get themselves into places where they can get out. Hmm. Uh, just uh, to be careful, and especially in the business my, my kids are. In the the industry they're in, is that uh, you know there's prettier girls and there's nicer girls and there's, but you have to be. Uh, you have to be elegant, nice, and respectful to yourself, and then people will respect you.
0: Nice. It's, if you weren't Muhammad, would you be Muhammad's friend?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, my sense of humor used to be a little bit. I uh, was very funny at the time, you know. For, I think as you get older, kind of like the, the jokes becomes uh, they become uh, old. <laughs> you know, you used to tell the same jokes all the time, <laughs> and you know, your friends are is It's not the same, and they don't react to you the same way. Mm. But uh, I'm, I am. I have a. I, you know, I have a sense of humor, and I, when I see people don't have that sense of humor, I, I get, uh, you know, like, I like sense of humor. I hmm. think that it's, a, it's a pleasant, it's smart, it's funny, and it, uh, it, it breaks the ice. So,
0: um, if you could choose to have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, and all of you understand each other, okay. like let's say everybody gets each other. Which three people would you choose on your dinner table? Uh,
1: I think uh, Sayyidina Muhammad, Isa, and Musa.
0: Wow, what a table. Hmm. What is Muhammad afraid of?
1: Uh, well, I'm always uh, afraid of disappointing my kids because I I see there's a lot of viciousness out there in the world and they sometimes they abuse, uh, they, uh, I've been attacked and that my, uh, they attack me and they, uh, that, uh, that's a, sometimes they, uh, it hurts my kids, my children. My daughters are very affected by all the, anything that happens to me, it happens. Mm to uh, to to hurt them, and uh, that's that's disappointment. So I have to protect myself at all times. I have to be careful who I talk to, what I say, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and be careful with uh, my surrounding. I'm very, I'm very uh, you know, like. I, I, I was always very friendly and hugging, and now I. I keep my hands to myself. Like if somebody is saying, "Let me let's have a picture," I always put my hands like that, you know, because because I know what, uh, especially in this, in the new industry, you know, where uh, TMZ and all these people, you know, come out and say, you know, things that are ugly, Hmm. and that hurts my kids. And this is what I'm afraid of.
0: Yeah, I can understand. Nowadays, with social media, so much can be. They can take even a clip. Or a few words from here and just put it together oh, yeah. and suddenly and you're like, That's not me, go watch the interview, you'll understand. And you know, Hamad, that's one of the reasons with A B Talks, the show, I usually literally film and put yeah. I don't edit so that somebody looks a certain way. Yeah. I'm like, no, listen to the person fully. Listen yeah. to their full story. Then you know who they are. Right. Not play with the words to make them look silly or arrogant yeah. or you know. Yeah. I never like that, how T V yeah. do that
1: they well they do it uh, for to shock effect but you know the uh the problem is when you have a long discussion you always say something uh of God you know just kind of like, and then they take it and make it into something different mm-hmm. i i i like to say what i want to say without fear hello so uh and i don't have anything to hide i'm like i'm like a i'm like an open book because i've mm-hmm. been around for a long time so this is not this is the kind of thing they they always they uh they take it and twist it mm-hmm. as if i am uh, they say no you know for your point is israel okay you know uh, well that's the case where is my Israeli passport, you know, like, you know, you you say it in a funny way, but they take it as a wrong way, and it's not. It's uh, it's just facts.
0: Hmm. Uh, What is your proudest moment so far? Uh,
1: I think just to see my children uh, uh, succeed Hmm. Uh, every day. I see something that they have done that. uh, it made me proud, and it's like on, almost on a weekly basis. Mm. And they're very, you know. So that's uh, my children are there, my legacy for me, and uh, and I think I accomplished that, and it's there. And I just like them to uh, to uh, to know that they had uh, uh, a very rooted tree uh, mm. from uh, beginning of times. So Their great grandfather was a uh, was who he was, and they should be proud of it, and teach their kids that uh, they should continue uh, the legacy and, and be proud of who they were.
0: And the hardest moment, what comes to mind when you think the hardest moment in your life?
1: The hardest moment in my life? Uh, I, you know, I don't recall. Really you know, I try to not to recall any of that stuff because it's. A, I, I think I have a. I feel like I always have a way out, so it's. A, if something is hard, I don't think of it as a hard. It's just one more one more obstacle I have to, to jump over. So I don't. I don't have these. Uh, these moments that I can think that there were there were dark moments. I mm. always think, well, I can fix that, and I fix them. So I, I don't have any.
0: يعني, uh, d- does Muhammad ever go through very down uh, feelings or depression or anything that was so hard to come out of? No. OK. Is it a way of thinking, a yeah. mindset? Absolutely. Interesting.
1: It's just uh, you, ca- you have to uh, feel confident. Mm and knowledgeable, and uh, you always have to have a second, uh, a second route. You always have to have uh, A and B and C. Hmm. And if you have all these set in your mind, you know how to get out. So I've, I've always had that since I was a child. I was always, uh, I had a, a sense of. Uh, uh, I have other options. Hmm. Interesting. Like if I, I'm out of business in, in uh, doing, real estate, I have the option of being an artist. Hmm. I have art, a lot of art. I've done art all my life. I can just open up a gallery tomorrow. I'll have the biggest gallery, you know. So these kind of things I have already in, in place. Hmm. Um, you know, I've uh, I've been up and down, as I said, because the market, uh, our business is a market, a market uh, fluctuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you always have this going up and down, and uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I've always came out on top, and uh, I move on. I don't, I don't really, I'm not afraid of these things, okay. and I can, I, I. I learned the other thing is that I don't I don't play the big big game where I cannot get out where you know you have I had airplanes and but even when I had aircrafts that I own I always went commercial at times and because I don't want to put myself in a place where I cannot fly but private even at that time I made sure that in my mind and for my kids that they can they can fly private. He can fly. I fly uh, commercial as well. Yeah. So, uh, so if I don't have a plane, I don't have a problem. I still fly. You know, so I, I never let myself in a, get in a place where I am uh, conceded or uh, yeah. uh, you know. If 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 not if not that way, I cannot, can't be
0: any other way. It's interesting, it's like you have this mindset where you're you're never based in the glory. you'll always live like you don't have money but you have money yeah, like you know this mindset that it's okay even if I lose everything I'm good I'm going right. to make it again.
1: and I've said it many times. I can live off of uh hub uh, za zatar and uh jibney and uh, and watermelon and I'll be happy.
0: Well watermelon Hello. Well, it got to be half watermelon. Um, Have you lost somebody that, when you remember them every time, your heart aches?
1: Uh, I think my father. I think my father kind of I lost him early, uh, because it was not expected. Uh, But funny enough, I built a a mosque in Virginia, and the day and the day I finished it is when my father passed away, and we we washed him there. And that kind of I don't want, I feel like I don't want to go to that mosque uh, because I feel like either something happened there that I I don't want to remember that I had to wash my father in in, uh, in that mosque. I, I built the mosque in 1991 nineteen ninety one or yeah, I don't know when nineteen ninety nine or something, no, eighty nine, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I built the mosque. Uh, and I spoke about it actually in uh, at Harvard as well. Uh, I built I built actually a, a mosque and a uh, and school. For my kids to go and learn Arabic. Mm. It wasn't, it was selfish. I wanted them to learn Arabic and learn uh, a little bit if they want uh, about Islam and so on. So I built this place and then the uh, market collapsed on me. I went and found, uh, uh, found uh, two gentlemen and I gave them. said, You know something, this is, uh, you're a trustee now, take care of it. Mm. And I never went back there until, uh, and I was uh, uh, at Harvard and I was saying that I never went back there and I never saw it. And I don't even know, because somebody asked me, What's your favorite project that you have ever done or the one that uh, uh, you're proud of? Mm. And of course, I did i've de- I've done many projects i've done uh, around the world so, and, and they all all have uh, uh they've you know they were tested and they're still around Some, a lot of them are here so that one I really didn't want to look at and then somebody in the audience got up and said something like uh a woman, my, 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 I have my kids there, and I said, I can take five uh, questions and then my kids will, uh, people put their hands up. And my my son, he looked at a lady which was uh, wearing hijab and she put her hand up and she said yeah, uh, said yes. And she started talking about my, the mosque I built in Virginia mm. in 19, you know, whatever, 1991. And she said, uh, "It's our refuge." I said, because I called it Dar da- Al Hijrah at the time, and I wanted everybody to go there, no matter what, what, what color, what uh, religion, what religion even, or what if they want to pray to God, they can go in there if, they, if there is place for them to go. That was my mission at the time, and that's why. Nobody else wants to finance because everybody wants to take control of it. And I thought, no, it has to be for anybody and everybody. And she said, my dad took over that, uh, she was saying that my dad took over, the, uh, uh, became president of the the Dar al-Hijrah, and uh, I wanted to know that it's now the largest uh, Islamic center in North America, and we have 60,000 members. And that's a place where we all go and have, have peace and tranquility and pray and, and uh, have school and so on. And I was, my kids start crying. I cried. I mean, I, like, I thought it was gone. I thought they sold it or it got damaged. Something happened to it. And I actually, actually, I left it with that. And I thought it was going to fail. I really did. And then this woman walk, gets up, and, and she said she was talking about her father, who is, is actually the president of the, or a the director of the place, and she still, is still there. And uh, she was there in the audience. And it uh, kind of gave me chills that I was talking about something, the most smallest thing I've ever done in, uh, in size. But yet I was proud of it, but I didn't know what happened to it. So this is kind of like a kind of a sweet and sour. That actually that 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 piece of history survived and went beyond what I expected. That they have sixty thousand. They feed like a, I don't know fifty or sixty thousand people in Ramadan per day. People come around. I mean, it's just, it's crazy what you were saying, and now I, I looked it up, and I'm going, wow, this is like. Suddenly I I I'm following Dar al-Hijra because I didn't even know Dar al-Hijra still exists.
0: (laughs) You know Muhammad, Dar al-Hijra is kind of like your life, unplanned. You let it be. Yeah. And your life is like that. You didn't go to school from the front door. No. You didn't go with the typical ways of admitting yourself to a university and paying the fees. And Dar al-Hijra, you made it and you left it. You let it be, and whatever it, fate had for I, it.
1: And I think if it was in my hands, probably I've gone under, because I was not, I was not a, uh, I'm not an administrator. I'm not one of these guys that, you know, uh, director of a mosque or anything. And you need to get leave it in the hands of people who know. Hmm. And this happened that I was lucky with that. I was, or the mosque was lucky to have these people to. Uh, but I finished it before I left, and then I went 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 south. I mean west rather. Mm. I went from Washington D.C. to to uh, West Coast.
0: Mm.
1: It's like my kids, you create them, you give them a great foundation. You know it's gonna be there if they if they can hold on to it, and it will grow to be the, as, as big as they want. They didn't like my lifestyle. I'm uh, I was over, you know. I built a big house to live in. And that was not because I wanted to live in it. Mm. It was my card. When people come and say, I want a house like this. So mm. I'll build them a house like that, or different, or whatever. So it became a card rather than it's a, and they say, like, why you want to live in this big house like this? I say, because this is will give, the, give an individual what they can have if they want this. This is what I want to build. Mm. Uh, rather than because my kids would not live, they would not come stay with me, because uh, they thought it was uh, over, was overdone. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was uh, you know, uh, and they didn't want to show that they come from uh, from a a uh, privileged mm-hmm. family. They they want to make their own, you know, that they 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 have made on their own, and they did. I never called uh, someone in New York and said to IMG, take my kids as a, you know, they went to school. Gigi was uh, to be a, she wants to be a forensic uh, psychologist, criminal psychologist, and the other one was to be in design. And they went to school in New York, and, but they turn, they turn into, uh, you know, the most powerful models in the world. Mm. And being models is not, they, want, they need to be model citizens. Not models. Models are a dime a dozen. There is, but you know, uh, my uh, my children are eloquent. They they, they understand uh, individual uh, a person's value. Uh, they treat uh, the head of Vogue and the the person who makes up put makeup on their face the same. They send them flowers, thank you for your, you know, they have this sense of every single person around them is, have done their job to make their job better. So they have, they know that everyone is as good as the other, there's no difference between the head of uh, IMG or head of Vogue is the same as the person who, who did the makeup and if they don't if they don't do that they are just uh, you know n- not normal hmm. so they are very, they're very aware of the complexities of their business and who they should be taking care of the small the medium and the large because all these people will grow to be somewhere as well and they need to have them as a as a as an
0: ally so um your father's name anwar anwar and my son's name is anwar. Sah. if uh, uh, if your father you can send him a letter yeah. today yeah and he would read it what would you write i love you yes yeah
1: because he uh, he really gave us a uh, you can't explain because i think he would he would know it, because he would know that he has done the most amazing job by not, not uh, just giving us life and uh, uh, give us security. To without, I never knew that my father was that com- that complex of a human being, but he was. Mm. He ta- he got us out of refugee camps to to be, to be to to Damascus to Beirut. To, to, to Tunis, to uh, Greece, to America. To, and uh, oh, these are complicated things that he had to do with eight kids and a, a mother that was blind. Because he lost his sister. Uh, she was in Columbia University, and she fell backwards. And it's a long story. But, uh, and she lost her eyesight because she cried so much. Uh, and uh, he was able to send his sister to 1947 to New York to study. I mean, that's, it shows you that he was a very well educated, very well planned, but I didn't think of him like that. I just Mm -hmm. thought he just, he always read, always, he was always writing, Uh, doesn't take a break, didn't take a vacation. He didn't, he always was only want to do is make sure that we are safe and we, are, we have food on the table and we're protected. So that was a, uh, you know, I think he, he, he knew what he did was right. And you know, I see him waking up at six o'clock in the morning, take a bus to go to work downtown. You know, that's, that was a, you know, but he did it. He did it for us.
0: Sounds like a Superman.
1: He was. I mean, he was. Uh, you know, he was the the first uh, translator to to King Faisal. In the time, to uh, he chose him as his translator uh, to the United Nations. Mm. So you can imagine the trust he had in my father. And you know, at the time, people took advantage of that. He knew the kings. The king calls him directly, and you know, let's go and. You know, so a lot of people have taken this advantage of being a friend and or a, a confidant to a, a king or a prince or something so they can do business. My father was not a businessman. He was an educator. You know, that was all he wanted to be. That's it. And a father. So you, you can see that his mind is not, not money. It's just to protect his family. And make sure that you know uh, they got he got us where we want to go.
0: Um, Marielle sahib, Yeah. First daughter. Yeah. Mariel in one word. Uh,
1: heart of gold.
0: Heart of gold. Okay, many words, but I'll give you that. Uh, a, you know, golden, gold. Golden heart. <laughs> gold. When yeah, you have it. two. <laughs> two <words. laughs> um Alan? alana La alana colorful colorful hello gigi genius genius bella
1: bella is uh i want to say she is a um, she is a princess
0: princess What anwar
1: anwar is a king
0: king Interesting words. Can you elaborate on why you chose gold of heart, colorful, genius, princess, or king? Because they're all
1: fit, you know, it's just a, uh, they could could be also, colorful could be also a princess, but uh, colorful to me is, uh, she's uh, uh, colorful. I mean, I really can't, uh, you know, you ask me a question in one word, and uh, uh, you know, she's always in color, she's, uh, her business is always in color, uh, uh, she's funny, mm. it's colorful funny, uh, sense of humor in the whole family, uh, they all cook, they all, uh, so they all have the, the same genes, kind of like they do the same thing. Mm. Uh, the, but you know, each one of them kind of present themselves in a different way, and or people call them, you know, Bella. They call the princess of Nazareth because she comes from a royalty. Hmm. So they always. In, and I never really told them they need to be princesses, but actually they were. I mean, they hmm. ca- could have been. Their great grandfather was a prince of Nazareth. So, so they have, they have the. I mean, I should have uh, tried to use that one name. I mean, but I couldn't. Uh, they would laugh at me, but uh, uh, you know she is. She's uh, you know she's crowned, and the same thing with ba- Gigi's. Uh, you said genius.
0: a genius. Genius. yeah. Why? She's
1: uh, because she. Uh, I think I think she has uh, found a way to uh, insert herself mm. in the, in the fashion industry in a way that. Not too many people can, mm-hmm. and that's a genius. She can design. She can model. She can talk. She has a brilliant uh, s- s- uh, 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 vocabulary. that I, I don't. I mean, the way she talks, if, she, if you ever listen to her uh, speeches, she's eloquent. So she has this kind of combination that uh, it's hard to put in one human. Uh, you know, one minute she is a head of design, she makes companies uh, famous, not her. It's not the other way around. People sometimes think a model is just a model. She's, they're not, she's not a model, she's, a, she's really a uh, spokeswoman. because. Mm-hmm. So these are these are special specialty. You have to have you have to have mind, mindset to get that to, to that uh, position. It's not a it's not get on the runway and walk back and forth. It's get on the runway and do something crazy so people notice you and they notice you different than all the others. You know these kind of things are not usually in the in the. A model mindset, but and she also can. If somebody stops her to talk, she's she knows what to say. So they she they are great representatives of their uh, of the industry. So they uh, they all have. They all have. uh, They all have the same thing. But you ask me questions to 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 give one, Mm. and that's. uh, uh, Anwar is, uh, is is very special because it's, uh, he's a uh, you know he's he's a uh, an artist. He's a musician. He's uh, uh,
0: very down to
1: earth. Very down to earth. He's he has very little need for uh, uh, physical things, or you know, he yeah. doesn't care about cars or. Or he just he likes to do his his own his own things, which is uh, beautiful. I mean, I just love the way he is. Things I cannot do personally. I mean, I'm you know I have my my own uh, demons, but he has no demons at all.
0: You know, I met Gigi many years ago. Me and my brother showed her around Dubai. You did? First time she came to Dubai was with Selena Gomez and a group yeah. of uh, friends. Yeah. So yeah. We, we showed all of them. Yeah. It was nice to show them Dubai. Yeah. Um, she, uh,
1: she came with a candle. and
0: Sah. Yeah. Sah. Um, Muhammad, if you have the blessing, I will call it, of choosing the last words, if you're going to die and you're around your family, so you're lucky, and you have the choice of words to tell them something, what words would you choose?
1: Take care of each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Why?
1: I think that's the only way. It's a... Uh, you, need, you need always... Uh, you need to uh, give them... Uh, let, they should reach out to each other. And they should be reached out. You know, if you have a problem, call your sister. Uh, take care. Always call your family members to tell them if you have a. Some people are afraid to tell talk about pain or, 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 uh, or if you are depressed or. Just talk about it. Take care of each other. Make sure you you help them solve their problems.
0: Mm. Finale, Muhammad in one word. Calm. Shukran. Thank okay. <laughs> okay. you. So, Muhammad, you really have to write that book. Actually, you need a documentary, but that's extra. You need to also write a book, it's I think. So, it's, uh, so
1: long, it's so long, so difficult. Is, like, I'm Voice note, a şey. Yeah, I know, because but I've, You have I've, so I've, much I've,
0: flavor. Yeah. So much flavor in one life, mashallah. It's crazy. You know? Yeah. And I think it's part of your legacy as an Arab man, as a Palestinian, as a father, yeah. mashaAllah. Yani, Muhammad, do you realize how rare is it to make five successful children that are stable, that are hopefully happy, healthy, yeah. self reliant? It's not easy. It's really, really I'm a father of two. Yeah. I've been married. So, I can relate to some things on how, on also a good divorce, I can relate on mm-hmm. how you can be civil. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be bad and evil. And no, absolutely not. It's like you said, it's a chapter in your life, and you fall out of love, oh, you say thank you for the yeah. time that you shared. Absolutely, you have to. But you, you have you to have thank all of them this.
1: actually more because they have, they have endured more. And you should not let them endure pain just because you left mm-hmm. selfishly or unselfishly. Whatever it is, you you have to uh, you know this. It's a state of mind that you have to uh, you have to live with. If you you have to give your kids and your ex-wife the same life you have. The same life you have. Your kids should not suffer because you divorced your their mother. So if you don't keep it at the same level, they come to your house and say, "Oh, look! He lives in in a castle where we are living in a." And dump you can't do that. That's when that's when you're that's when you're, uh, it, it eats away at you, not at them. It's uh, so that's why I always think that I'm blessed because I I I do what I say I'm going to do.
0: I respect that, and that's why I think you owe it to yourself and to everybody else, like everybody here and everyone, to learn more. Because again, I'm not saying this just to compliment no, you. No, no, it's I just hard. It. I appreciate it's it. It's really hard to be a father and a businessman and to be good to your divorced yeah. partner and to have them all healthy and stable. It's Absolutely. really not easy. Yeah, it's an achievement. And you called it your legacy. Yeah. Uh, we need to learn more. And this That's is true. just one hour of it, yeah. Okay. Next time. Okay.